When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. It's a road show Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Downtown Lincoln Haymarket. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark back at our ESPN studios. Hope you're well. We are gearing up for the dreaded fist fight tomorrow. It is Illinois. It is Nebraska. The uh, last man standing, the toughest dude in the bar, whatever cliche you want to throw out, it is there. Uh, man, it is awesome. We have some uh, some friends of the show that are here already. Uh, the uh, <laughs> Some family friends all the way from McCook, uh, Warren and Melanie Jones, are here from Bison Dental. Uh, Mr. Umpire himself, Jeff, Jeff is Hendricks. here. Jeff, Jeff is Hendricks. here, which is great. Uh, I don't know if that's uh, – we'll say Captain. Captain and Coke? Is that Captain and Diet. What are you drinking over there? Yes, Captain, Captain and Coke. <laughs> the strike zone is money. Uh, yes, it is. I uh, hope you're well, and uh, you're invited down here to the Single Barrel. Incredible steaks, over 250 whiskeys to choose from and enjoy. We are streaming today, as always, on ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter. Uh, you can watch the show there. Also, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle, at HVarsity Radio. Behind me, if you're watching, is this locked oak door this is where all the whiskey and bourbon are kept you will not be disappointed when you come down to the single barrel and get yourself a filet a new york strip a sirloin a t-bone a ribeye we've sampled them all because we because we love you the the listeners uh with uh, the steak choices here burgers sausage you name it they got it incredible breakfast every morning as well here at the single barrel at 7 a.m so gear up find your way in get a red beer if you like that as well and jump in numbers to dial up on Hale Varsity Radio, 466-3776-466-3776. Can do it toll-free across the state, 800-825-5865. Line up for you coming up at 425. Jacob Padilla with Hale Varsity. We will uh, go around the horn with him when it comes to volleyball, high school action, Nebraska, Illinois, and Nebraska basketball. Hour two, the professor himself, NBC Sports the Pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, on site with us here at the Single Barrel. Uh, Brady Oltmans from Hale Varsity will preview Illinois with us at 525. And then the forecast, the Friday forecast, with the infamous Clausburn. Uh, predictions sure to go wrong. Claus will join us at uh, 540. You have the numbers. can email as well, Chris at HaleVarsity.com, and uh, we've kept this thing going. It's a prediction Friday, so 
You can tell us what you think happens tomorrow. We'll give you our predictions here in about an hour and a half or so. Fellas, uh, this is a a big uh, opportunity for Mickey. It's a big opportunity for the team. I think it's kind of a must play well confidence-wise. It's a must don't get pushed around uh, because of of what looms. Yes, it's uh, be 1-0 every week. Yes, it's a situation where Nebraska – uh, has a, a great opportunity here to, to knock down a ranked team and stay in the thick of this West race. Do you stay in the West race? Your big bo- your big goal is is obviously bowl eligibility. This helps with that. And it's not an easy stretch, these final five. This first test, though, uh, is right there as the toughest, along with Michigan when it comes to physicality. Michigan's uh, otherworldly with their skill talent. But Illinois knows what they're good at, and they will – hammer away this is really a statement here for nebraska uh it's been emphasized by mickey since he took over to be physical to practice the right way you get to see if that translates uh and and you weren't tough enough against purdue stopping their run you weren't tough enough or or good enough that saturday to get after the quarterback and affect some throws you have a a mulligan uh to uh to do something about that against the big tens uh, best back in the West for sure, or probably a co-all-Big Ten back in Brown. You have a chance to, to knock around a 70% completion percentage thrower in DeVito. And then defensively, I should say offensively, Nebraska's offensive line has taken more crap than about anybody this year. Some of it's earned, some of it's out of angst by the fan base. But you're taking on a front seven that uh, has a sterling reputation right now. You can... Uh, Change a few minds, change the narrative a little bit, uh, puff your chest out a little bit if you uh, play some downhill football with the run game tomorrow because you're going to need it, Elijah. Uh, all facets got to be on point for Nebraska running, throwing, just to be in this thing because that's how tough and physical Illinois is. Yeah, and you talk about the, the run game being uh, needed tomorrow, but really just look at this game as a whole. And when you look at the rest of Nebraska's season, if the goal is still to go make a bowl game, Tomorrow's game is as close as you can get to, to must-win as there is. It really just eliminates all possibilities uh, for slipping up through the remainder of the season if you do drop this game tomorrow. Because then you have to go beat Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa. I mean, I'm assuming we're chalking up Michigan as a loss if Nebraska loses this game tomorrow. But if you do lose tomorrow, you have to go beat Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota, the, the big three in the Big Ten West, if you will. And that's something Nebraska hasn't done in a decade. I believe the last time was 2012 last time Nebraska took down all three of those. So if you drop this game tomorrow, you're behind the eight ball in terms of making a bowl game, which, as we've talked about this week, is probably the bare minimum of what Mickey needs to do to get a real shot at head coach. Now, five and seven, uh, he'll have an argument. I'm sure he'll get an interview. But six and six is is the job I think Mickey knows he needs to do in order to get this job. And it starts with with a big game tomorrow. The the things we've talked about all week, matching physicality, it's going to be huge, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Nebraska needs to get their playmakers on offense going. It doesn't necessarily have to be Trey Palmer, but uh, I think that's the guy that Husker Nation all looks at as a guy that needs to get it going tomorrow. And you need an offensive line. They don't need to play Sterling tomorrow, but they need to do enough to give Casey Thompson a chance to get the ball in the playmakers' hands. It's, it's, It's unreasonable to ask for this offensive line to be perfect tomorrow. I think Casey's going to end up on his back a couple times. The question is, is... Is it less than 5? Is it less than 10? Is it looking at 20? What, what are we looking at from this offensive line here? It doesn't have to be a perfect performance from the offensive line, but if they can do enough to allow Casey to get the ball in the playmaker's hands, 
I think Nebraska gives himself a chance late in this football game. Well, the skill is going to be what wins out for Nebraska if they pull the upset. Uh, they'll have to be tough on the lines of scrimmage. They'll have to show something run game-wise they haven't in a long time. But the uh, the big play will be very prominent against uh, a defense. And we don't know how Illinois is going to react if Nebraska can hit him in the mouth a couple of times uh, figuratively with uh, Trey Palmer, with Washington, with Vokalek. But, uh, Connor, you know, one thing that can help out an offensive line is a diverse running attack. A diverse running attack is that 11th man, that quarterback run. Nebraska's been hesitant. It's just not part of what Whipple does, right? Not not often. But you, you have six rushing touchdowns by Casey Thompson this year. Even if you don't go to it a ton, make Illinois – think about it that's one way to slow the rush down a little bit is okay if it's well if it's uh if it's a run game attack you have the zone read or a pistol formation break it out a couple of times just to make him think about it there's a game that happened it was an overtime game back in 2017 nebraska lost to northwestern clayton thorson remember clayton thorson 6-6 wheaton illinois just a big old dude right and he's and he had a horrific injury to end his career but Clayton Thorson didn't run the ball at all for, for Pat Fitzgerald. What'd he do? He ran for like 68 yards on five carries, and and one of those was like a 50-yard touchdown run early in that ball game. Uh, just enough, right? Uh, uh, how much uh, red pepper flake do you want on your pizza at midnight? <laughs> just enough to, to maybe make it taste good. You do too much, and it's a, it's a bad day the next morning. But it's it's really that it, it's that final line for Nebraska uh, with the quarterback run option element. Maybe you see Smothers. Maybe you see uh, Chubb a little bit. And, and listen, Casey's your guy. He's going to give you the best chance to win. He's got to be in rhythm. But it's it's really I'm all for it. Mickey's been a, an aggressive guy, Connor. Mickey's been very competitive. And, and, you know, the, uh, the, the don't breathe on the quarterback jerseys need to be off tomorrow. Yeah, you definitely need to make Illinois think about it because we saw Casey Thompson do that effectively against Purdue as well because he set them up for a field goal opportunity right before halftime, and that was a big momentum play in that game, and it allowed Nebraska to get back into things. Now you mentioned whether that's Smothers, Purdy, Thompson, whoever it is. You have to make Illinois think about that. And to go back to the offensive line as well, tomorrow has to be the best game that they've played all year, in my opinion, if Nebraska wants a chance. Yes, on the outside and in the skill position, probably advantage Nebraska in that sense. But up front, this needs to be the best game of the year for Nebraska if they want a chance because we've seen how physical Illinois can be. I mean, they've come into Memorial Stadium two years ago in the COVID year absolutely manhandled you last year same thing at their house so how do you flip that script and how do you force illinois back to their heels nebraska needs almost an oklahoma start to this game in my opinion now obviously they need to carry that momentum farther than the first drive but a, a good defensive start and a quick score that could be a recipe for success and you also have to figure out what's that fine line nebraska didn't even have the ball for 18 minutes two weeks ago they scored 37 points but my goodness, that defense was on the field for 43 minutes in that ball game. How do you balance that as well coming into this week? You know, it, Nebraska, if I'm a guy on this team that's a senior, I have one win against Illinois. That was in 2019. If I'm a Nebraska player, I'm sick of getting the crap kicked out of me by Illinois, not just on the scoreboard, but 
between the light the, the white line since 2019. I mean, it's it's been a reality. Nebraska has been manhandled by Illinois, uh, and they've been more physical. You ought to, quite honestly, ask Nebraska fans, they should have traded uniforms. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, based on what Mickey was talking about, the fact that, that Nebraska's built on physicality. So uh, Mitch Sherman had a really good story here when it comes to moments with uh, coaching searches, moments when Nebraska's been in transition. You have an interim coach uh, for the first time in, in forever, right? Maybe ever with Mickey. And, and he wants this job. He's done a great job uh, with uh, leading this program and, and keeping guys focused. But you have uh, a, a chance to enhance your standing, right? This is really going to make Trev. And you had a couple weeks to do it. You go 2-0 and the next two weeks. Going into Michigan, you're over 500. You're still in the West race. It's getting down to it when it comes to, to recruiting and the early signing period and who's going to stay, who's going to bolt. I mean, there is a very real deadline here, uh, whether you go lock up somebody outside uh, with this search firm or you stay in-house with Mickey because he's earned it. And while it's, it's not just a two-game season or a one-game season, you have a chance to change some minds or make, a, make an impact. He's already made an impact. Uh, in my opinion, but this uh, this goes uh, permanent. This is in ink if you knock off a ranked team, and and Mickey's shown it's not just a flash. He, he's he's won a tough game on the road. I uh, don't care who it's against. Uh, he's found a way to 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 lead this team that can't win close games to win win a fourth quarter. Right, strain to finish. That's what Mickey's cry has been. But it enhances your standing uh, with a win tomorrow. And quite honestly, uh, it is a moment. It's a big-time statement moment for Mickey and this football team tomorrow. They can play well. They can fight. They can play their hearts out. But, man, a win. I think the fan base is just, it's bubbling right now. There's some optimism. And Illinois is not overwhelming. They are damn good, though. But, man, this place is ready to just party and let it all hang out if they can go get a win, even over a, a 17th-ranked team. It's been it's been forever. It's been 2016. Did a field goal post come down if Nebraska gets the win I, tomorrow? No, no. <laughs> Trev will put a mouthpiece in and put a helmet on, and uh, he will prevent any sort of fine, uh, let, alone, uh, <laughs> let alone potential danger. No way. Trev's worked his butt off to get back in decent standing with the Big Ten. Last thing he wants is a phone call or FaceTime from the commish. You know we got to find you for uh, storming the field. Just go celebrate in, in, the, uh, in the rail yard and in, in the hay market and, and on O Street. Uh, responsibly, of course, <laughs> if, uh, if they get it handled tomorrow. Uh, so we'll get our predictions coming in. But Nebraska, it just seems uphill, though, fellas, doesn't it? It just seems very uphill in an unfamiliar way. If you've been watching and paying attention, it's been Nebraska for, for too many years, not physical enough, but it's, it feels well, re- really like a monumental task tomorrow. Well, the, the problem is, is we've talked about it this week, I do think Nebraska has some places where they can take advantage of Illinois' weaknesses, but on the flip side, Illinois' strengths are what attack Nebraska's weaknesses. That's their rushing attack, and that's their, their pass rush in their front seven. They attack Nebraska's weaknesses in uh, both the offensive line and the defensive line, and at the end of the day, Nebraska's weaknesses are a hell of a lot bigger than Illinois' weaknesses. So there's your cause for concern. But the reason for optimism is I think Nebraska does have the best player on the football field tomorrow in Trey Palmer. 
what can they do to stop Chase Brown, who's arguably the second best player on that football field? That remains to be seen. But I do think Nebraska has the best player on the football field in Trey Palmer, and I think it could be by a wide margin. Trey Palmer has been very impressive this season, working his way up into a, a high-level draft pick for the NFL mm-hmm. next offseason, if that's the option he chooses to take. Can Nebraska find a way to get the ball uh, to the best player on their offense, the best player arguably on the football field? And, and can Trey Palmer make Illinois pay if they do go single coverage? That's going to be a, a big test. Can you win as an underdog, right? That's mm-hmm. part of the magic behind many interims that get – the head coaching job. It's the ability to motivate, play above your skis, and can you deliver a bit of a surprise? You love this coach. You love what he's done for the program, but can he raise the team up to be something beyond what they've been? And that's uh, part of this story tomorrow. Jacob Bedilla is going to join us. We invite you down here to the single barrel uh, in the uh, Graduate Hotel, uh, whiskey to choose from, big old steaks to eat. Come on and see us here 4 to 6 with Hale Varsity, presented by Currency. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon, presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio. We're here at uh, the Single Barrel inside the Graduate Roadshow Friday ahead of Nebraska and Illinois. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We welcome in Jacob Bedilla with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. He has got a full slate of high school football action tonight. Volleyball, hoops, you name it. He's on it. Jacob, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Like you said, it's a busy weekend here starting off with uh, some high school uh, basketball. Or football, rather. <laughs> no, I get you. I get you. So uh, what's your gauge here on this postseason, specifically with Class A? We'll, we'll have uh, Millard West and, and Lincoln Southwest over on KFOR tonight. I'll have that ball game. East is on the road against Elkhorn South, Southeast Gretna. That's kind of the Lincoln Metro showdown. But overall, what's the gap, in your opinion, in Class A from the top? to some of the, the higher-seeded teams that, that have shown some ability uh, to be dangerous this season? Yeah, I think uh, it's pretty clear separation after maybe that top four. Um, I think WS still has some questions. Uh, we saw, obviously, they're six and three. Um, but on their best game, they, they've got the firepower to keep up with Gretna, Elkhorn South, and Omaha Westside. Um, so I, I think that that's sets up for a pretty spectacular uh, I think uh, last few rounds of the, the postseason here I think you mentioned that North, or that Lincoln Southwest and uh, Northwest game that's probably one of the more intriguing matchups of the first round in A um, but I already had to drive down to Lincoln to, to hear from Fred Hoiberg uh, today so I didn't want to have to head back down for uh, second one so I'm checking out the doubleheader at Elkhorn instead <laughs> Um, but you should have a fun one. But I'm looking forward to once we get to potential, when you look ahead, um, we could get a WS Gretna um, quarterfinal and then an Elkhorn South um, Gretna semifinal. <laughs> and then potentially if seedings holds and you'd see Westside against whoever emerges from that half of the bracket. So 
Um, the, the last three rounds of the Class A have a chance to be pretty spectacular because of the strength of those um, top top four in particular and how the, the, the seedings played out. Jacob Padilla is with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, let's focus in on your game for a moment. East has shown the ability to to have some firepower this season. And, you know, what's it going to take for, for Sparty to to put a scare into Elkhorn South tonight? Uh, Malachi Coleman's, uh, you know, had, had a lot of attention this year off the field with the recruit uh, recruiting side of things. But on field, obviously, teams have really concentrated a, a ton of manpower towards him. Yeah, and that's definitely one key, finding a way to get – uh, Malachi more involved offensively, get him, uh, have him more opportunities to touch the ball. So we'll see kind of what uh, the, the East coaching staff has drawn up for that. Um, kind of looking forward to seeing if they, they, they change some things up from what they've done previously. Um, and the big key, I think, for them, too, will be limiting the big plays for Elkhorn South. You can't be giving up 80-yard runs to Cole Ballard or 45-yard runs, which is what happened with, with Omaha North last week. Um, Ballard kind of opened the second half with those two, and it was ball game. Um, and they, they can hit you with some big plays through the air with Carson Ronner and Jackson Moore Swan too. So the, the Lincoln East defense is going to have to be super disciplined to to uh, kind of hone in on Ballard, not let him kill you, but then also not break down on the back end because um, I mean, Elkhorn South is as complete a team as I think uh, you'll find in the state this year. Jacob Padilla is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, before we get to some some Husker football thoughts from you, any teams that you have on upset alert tonight? I think the, especially in A, the, the games outside the Metro, the Omaha-Lincoln Metros, uh, have a chance to be pretty interesting. Um, the Millard South at Kearney. Millard South is a 12 seed, only 5-4, and four, but they've only lost one game with Cam, Cam Nicozel at quarterback. Um, the other three losses were while he was off uh, playing baseball with Team USA. Um, and they took Omaha Westside to, to overtime just a couple weeks ago. So, um, And Carney was a team that I think a lot of people had high expectations for, but they're 7-2, and 5-3. They've got some really good wins. Um, so I think that's got a chance to be a really good game. And then we'll see the Omaha North-Grand Island rematch. Uh, North is kind of reeling a little bit after back-to-back losses. Uh, starting against Grand Island in the regular season. Um, the, the Islanders forced six turnovers for, for the Vikings, which I don't think is going to happen again. <laughs> so North has to be feeling good about that. But at the same time, they're not playing their best football after a stretch against admittedly lower competition where they looked like they, were, they belonged with some of those top four or five teams in the state. So can Omaha North kind of re, uh, rediscover that, that form that they were in uh, with Tayshawn Porter running the ball, with Sebastian Circle throwing it, uh, and get their revenge uh, on Grand Island. So th- those are two uh, with lower seeds that I think are probably closer to 50-50s than um, their, their seedings would indicate. And then North Platte, uh, Creighton Prep, the 6-11, uh, is another one of those. If Marty Brown uh, is healthy for Creighton Prep, um, they have a chance to, to be a really good game. There's going to be a lot of rushing yards in that one. Uh, between the two of them, and um, I could see either either team pulling out uh, the win in that one as well. Jacob Padilla is with us on Hale Varsity Radio, and Jacob, I want to take it over to Husker football this weekend. Illinois comes to town, first place Illinois, 
And they're a really, really good Illinois team, and Brett Bielema's done a fantastic job with them. But, and I want to pose this question to you, it seems like Nebraska, skill position-wise on offense, is the best offense that Illinois has seen this year. Would you say that statement is accurate? I, I think there's definitely an argument for that. Um, Illinois has been phenomenal defensively just with the numbers they posted. I mean, they're giving up less than nine points a game. Uh, but a lot of that has been the competition. Um, and we'll see. I don't know if they played a player as dynamic on the outside as Trey Palmer with a quarterback that can get him the ball like Casey Thompson. The problem is, can Nebraska keep Thompson upright enough for that, that skill talent to um, to, to make a difference. Can the offensive line protect well enough? Can they block well enough to get um, Anthony Grant just a few opportunities at least to, to, to make some nice runs to uh, just kind of keep Illinois just a little bit uh, off balance uh, having to defend both the pass and the run? Um, I'm curious to see what Illinois' game plan is with Palmer. Um, I, I think they, they've got a really good cornerback back there that will probably match up with him. Do they um, kind of make it a one-on-one game. Let, let's see, all right, best man win and just play their standard defense, what they've been doing, which is what Casey Thompson said he kind of expects from them, at least to start with, and then we'll see if they adjust and they send more bracket coverage to Palmer's way or however that plays out. Um, so that's certainly one thing I'll be looking at, is just how, how that matchup plays out and then what Illinois' game plan is to, to limit Palmer. Yeah, Jacob, when you mentioned the fact that Illinois might have to make some adjustments early in this game based on what Nebraska does, how important do you think it is that Nebraska gets a fast start in this game tomorrow afternoon? Oh, it's, I mean, it's a key. Like, that's the, the, the only time I think that Illinois has been trailing after a quarter or a half has been that, that Indiana game. Um, so they, they've been really good with playing with the lead all season long. It's part of why Chase Brown's already got a thousand yards. They, they've been able to dictate the terms of play against every team that they've played against. So if Nebraska comes out and has a quick three and out and gives up a touchdown and then maybe a turnover, you fall behind 10, 14, nothing, it's going to be steep uphill battle the rest of the night. So they've got to come out and um, make sure that the defense isn't on the, the field a ton early as well. Like I'm not saying you, you, you have to intentionally put together long drives, but you do have to get off the field when you've got a chance to on third down because if they have to face a, a ton of plays early on, I just don't think they have the depth to, to hold on throughout the, the full game. So they've got to make sure that uh, they take care of business early on give themselves a chance to, to play from kind of an uneven playing field as opposed to having to try to chase points there because uh, I don't know that they've got the depth or uh, ability to, to do that against a team as stout as Illinois has been. Jacob Adillas with us, Nebraska, Illinois preview. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at the Single Barrel inside the graduate. Jacob, the, the Mickey Joseph uh, discussion uh, could get a big boost, and it's already got a lot of momentum just because folks like Mickey, love his energy, love how the team's playing. Uh, and if that translates to wins, all the all the better. Uh, the effort and intensity's been very high under him. But where are you at as far as your judgment goes, and uh, just kind of your gauge here, not only on the, the 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 job and task Mickey's had to take on, but you know the the weight of the opportunity tomorrow. Yeah, it's it's just so tough to know what to make out of this opportunity in terms of what it means for Mickey Joseph as a potential head coaching candidate. 
because right now there's, this is only one part of the job of being a head coach. Uh, and it, for the most part, he's done a pretty good job considering the, the, the situation he um, inherited. I think, I think he's met the kind of threshold for what a coach needs to do at the very least, which unfortunately wasn't happening previously. Um, so can't, what can he do beyond that? Can he, they beat the teams that they probably should have beaten uh, just based on the talent level of the two. And now you're facing a much tougher final stretch of the season. And if, if he can find a way to pull an upset here, there, that'll probably tell you something about his ability as a coach and kind of the trajectory that he's put this team on. Um, but ultimately, we don't know what kind of staff he's able to hire. We don't know how he's going to handle an offseason. Um, and we won't know that. Uh, Trev Albert's going to have to make that determination based on all the information that he's been able to gather uh, in his observations of Mickey, in his conversations with him, uh, in comparison to maybe what else he's hearing uh, in terms of other candidates that, that are out there that he's considering. Jacob Adela with us, Sale Varsity Radio Roadshow here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark as uh, we are gearing up for Nebraska, Illinois. The Pride of Fairbury has arrived. Bill Dolman with us. A little bit more to go with Jacob Padilla here on the other side. I want to remind you about Red Zone Tickets. They are selling fun since 2001. Do you have tickets to buy or sell? Do you want to go see Nebraska football or volleyball? Creighton Hoops. How about concert or theater tickets? NFL action. You're a Packers fan. You like the Vikings. How about the Chiefs? And uh, Dave Matthews is going to be in uh, CHI in uh, November. Red Zone Tickets, your source. Uh, Omaha-located A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. 100% guarantee on uh, all your orders. Uh, Cross off that item on your bucket list. Create the memories that last a lifetime. RedZoneTickets.com. RedZoneTickets.com. Hail Varsity continues here from the single barrel. And we are presented by Currency More with Jacob Badilla on the way. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few more minutes here. Jacob Badilla with us. Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday here at the Single Barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. When we talk about uh, the, the, the job of a coach, it's win. It's manage the the staff. It's recruit. Mickey's put a, a VIP list together this weekend, uh, Jacob. Uh, when we talk about the Riolas and and some of the other uh, talent out there, I mean it's it's a nice flex. It's a great opportunity, and, and that's that 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 question mark that intrigue has got to be there for Trev. Uh, when you look at, at what Mickey's been incredible at throughout his career, that's the recruiting aspect. And then you, you factor in his track record development-wise uh, at, at, you know, at LSU as wide receiver, with, with, with the wide, wide receivers. Yeah, certainly the, the recruiting acumen and the connections he has and the, the track record he has in that um, regard is a strong point in his favor. Um, be curious to see kind of how that translates from a position coach role to being the head coach. Um, I, I think it's probably a little different the way that you recruit uh, or the way you recruit as a position coach than as the head guy. Um, and, but at this point, I think Mickey's, uh, his, his reputation is enough to get these guys to, get, to come check out and uh, get the Viola family like, hey, 
what what are things looking like now that after these changes? Like what what's Mickey got going on? Like I don't know that you at this point like it'd be tough to flip uh, um, from Ohio State. Like tough to flip anybody from Ohio State. But just giving I would say the younger the, uh, the younger son is coming with as well. And just kind of giving uh, Dominic and the whole family a little look at, all right, this is what we're doing now. This is kind of the, the direction we're heading in. Um, so, I mean, it can, it can only help at this point as long as you put on a good show. So, um, Mickey's doing every – at this point, I think Mickey's doing everything he can in this role um, to, to put Nebraska in as good a position as it can be considering where it was when he inherited it. Jacob, we'll get you out uh, on this uh, Husker Volleyball. A, reaction to, to Wisconsin. B, hangover worry Saturday. Yeah, uh, not worried about a hangover. Um, John Cook said on the, on the radio show on Thursday that they had a really good practice. Everybody came to work. Um, the, the, the atmosphere was good. Um, I think it was just kind of a, a reality check, like, hey, we still got a long way to go this season. We, we're playing well, but um, – Wisconsin kind of punched them in the face and they didn't respond. And now you've got nine more Big Ten matches, uh, seven more before you get to face Wisconsin again to figure out, all right, how do we kind of adjust the weaknesses that that Wisconsin exposed, uh, get even better, and put yourself in a better position once you uh, can have that that rematch the final week of the season. Um, So Maryland's a team they've already played. They know – what kind of challenge they're going to provide in terms of huge blocking team. Um, it's, they're going to have to be smart and efficient offensively to take advantage of that. And um, being back at home, I think, is certainly will certainly help that and give them a little bit of extra energy. At first glance, take on Nebraska basketball. They head to Boulder. I know you, you hung out with Fred earlier. Yeah, um, this, this will provide, I think, a much better test of kind of the new identity, um, the, the physicality, the defense, the crashing the glass on both ends uh, that he wants his program to have. Um, Colorado, I don't think they're going to be a great team. I think they're middle of the pack in the Pac-12. They, they lost their top three scorers. They brought a couple of key players back and a couple um, Ivy League transfers uh, in the backcourt to, to help those guys. Um, but it's, it's not a Division II team. It's a legit Power, uh, power conference team with with real size. So they're not going to be able to just go grab any offensive rebound they want because they're playing against a D2 team. So it's going to be a real test to, to go hit the road, to deal with the altitude, to kind of just handle the, everything that comes with traveling and all that. So I think this uh, exhibition season probably worked out well. This is the way you got the one at home against the lesser opponent to, to kind of work out some, some rust and work through the nerves and give everybody a chance to see what it looks like. And now you can test yourself on the road, especially with them having a lot of road matches early on in the season. Jacob Bedilla with Hale Varsity at Jacob Bedilla underscore Jacob. Enjoy the football and thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Good stuff from Jacob. Uh, Bill Dolman is uh, on site here at the single barrel. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Brady Altman. He's already Got in some Parkview Christian six-man football going on. Playoff football tonight will be over on KFOR locally. Southwest and Millard West excited for that. Clausburn, the forecast in about an hour or so. 
And uh, we're down here at the Single Barrel till 6. We invite you down, get a beer, get a glass of wine, over uh, 250 whiskeys to choose from. Uh, they have Guinness specifically on tap for, oh, for Bill Dolman. Uh, he's, he's, he's walking off right now to get, uh, no, he's coming back. Okay. But, no, it was uh, good to get caught up with Jacob. We say hi to the professor, the pride of Fairbury himself, Bill Dolman. And it, it's been a while. How was uh, the, the roadie back to, uh, to Russ Wilson land, my friend? <laughs> My trips to Denver are better than his. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just stop talking about the Broncos altogether. Yeah, that's for sure. Them. Yeah. Oh, it's it's good to be home of the uh, back in Nebraska. Of course, uh, Fairbury, the uh, home of the sub district volleyball champions yes. from uh, last Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah. So people are talking about that too. So one of the reasons I came back. Well, how how you feeling about uh, Nebraska, Illinois? We've got a couple of minutes here. We got another whole hour to get into, but. Uh, great opportunity for Mickey. Well, I, I think every day is a great opportunity for Mickey, and I think every day Mickey continues to pass uh, every test that uh, is being thrown at him. But, yeah, this, this is uh, arguably the toughest defense that Nebraska has faced all season. But I think, to, on the other hand, I think Nebraska's offense is the toughest test that uh, Illinois has seen all season long. And I've said it Probably every week since uh, Mickey took over, Nebraska is the enigma of the Big Ten. I don't think teams can look at the first three games of the season or the Oklahoma game and get a good feel as to what Nebraska's entire body of work is. I think especially if you look at the Purdue game and the offense and you look at some of the spirited play defensively. I know they gave up a lot of numbers against Purdue. But for the most part, I I think teams are looking at Nebraska going, we just don't really know what we're going to see in terms of the effort, how spirited they're going to be, what's the crowd going to be like, uh, how good, you know, is Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer? That seems to be a pretty consistent connection. All of the things that we've seen over the last probably two or three games with Nebraska and Mickey Joseph, I think leads to a lot of concern for anybody that they play. Bill. And I'm right about that. No, you're, you're right. I look at also, and I know it's your favorite topic, recruiting. (laughs) <laughs> look at mickey put this list together brother i mean he's got a top tier offensive tackle visiting he may sneak a helmet and uniform on Don, dominic riola tomorrow <laughs> uh, i'm sure dom's got a few series left in him but uh, the riola brothers the quarterbacks one that's already locked in at ohio state's making a visit the little younger brother's making a visit yeah what a recruiting move that was to go offer the, the little brother and i'm not saying that it's only offered because of his older brother but it's a kid who doesn't have a varsity snap just yet well uh you know riola didn't have a varsity snap till this year really it's true quite a few of them either quick time out connor clark saying shut up and get me to break hail varsity <laughs> radio on the road here at single barrel presented by currency He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. <laughs> one final time this one. You don't, you don't like the Kramer drop? <laughs> I've heard that one before. Yeah, a little Seinfeld love there. Chris Schmidt, <laughs> Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Pride of Fairbury, the professor, Bill Dolman. It's my favorite rejoin. 
Yes, because uh, <laughs> it's my favorite, too. It says I'm still in my 30s. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a little that's outdated. A, a little you're starting outdated. to sound like your age now. I know I am. Or your age is starting to catch up with your sound. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. We're streaming here on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter. Watch along there or the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow and watch the show. Hour two on the way, on the way Brady Oltman's. Coming up at 525, the infamous Clausburn in the Friday forecast. And then we are off to high school football at 7 locally here on KFOR. Good email from Todd. We can chew on this now and and come back to it and also dive into uh, some more thoughts here on Nebraska and Illinois. But what's more likely to happen, Todd writes and asks, Palmer, uh, get shut down or Nebraska shuts down Brown. Uh, and he goes on to say, so what happens uh, if we get destroyed? And uh, as Trev said, if Mickey wins X number of games, <laughs> uh, is the gig his? So th- those are all good questions. I, I think Mickey knows there's a timeline. I think Trev knows there's a timeline. To, to make a decision. And, the, and then what, what we don't know is what's the interaction and communication been like with outside candidates? You've had six weeks since Scott was told to go goodbye to send some feelers out. Well, a couple things. And I'm going to take the next complete hour to talk about this without taking a break. So, Can't do it. Yeah, I will we're, be beaten within an inch of my gonna life. Go, We're just going to go straight on through them in a filibuster like a politician on this. Real red reaction tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the whole I, – I, I've been thinking about this whole wins, losses, and bowl games and, and the, this metric thing, and I think we everybody kind of settled on the Scott Frost metric was six games, six games a bowl game, and some X factor wild card basically, basically don't suck. I don't think that there's – I I don't think that there is a wins losses bowl game scenario with Mickey Joseph. I don't think he's gone out to say Mickey, you got to win four more or three more or you got to get to a bowl game. I think it's it comes down to are are we are we better? I think Treb has to think in his mind, are we better? And then he looks around to the reaction of the fans, are we in a better place now than we were back on the old Reagan? Are you better off now than you were four right, years ago? Right. Are we better off now than we were four weeks ago? And I think the answer to that is, is yes. And it, um, I'm thinking about the. You ever heard of a little movie called Gladiator? Yes, of course. Okay, like not yeah. uh, you know, okay. You know, Oliver Reed says to uh, to Maximus, "Win the crowd, and you win your freedom." Right? I, I think Mickey Joseph has won the crowd. I think 90% of Husker fans around the state and around this country, he has won them over, and that plays a huge role into the way this thing is going to go, and I'll continue on on the other side of the break before Connor gets too mad and drops out of class. Bill Dolman, Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Hour 2 from the Single Barrel. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We are on the road here at the Single Barrel back again. 
We've been away from this place for way, way, way too long. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Pride of Fairbury, the professor, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports with us. As uh, we invite you down, we are here till 6. The stakes are to die for down here. The whiskey selection, unbeatable. And it is Nebraska, Illinois week. As we'll be back here tomorrow for the weekend edition, 11.30 to 1.30, the Roger Goodell flex schedule. So that means Elijah and I don't have to get up at the crack of dawn. And uh, we will ease you in to all of your uh, pregame needs. But uh, meantime, come get a menu, order a beer or a whiskey, and uh, find yourself uh, a napkin. And uh, just go to go to town there on the best steaks you'll find. Uh, Bill Dolman is with us. We were diving into Mickey. Kent emails in Chris at HaleVarsity.com, and we're talking about the, the bar. We're talking about the Mickey number. And uh, six and six retainment's good with Kent, but the, the bar you don't want to base or overreact to is is what Scott did or, or didn't do. That's that's the dynamic. I think you've got to separate Mickey and his body of work from from what what Scott did and then with with, with what Riley did too when you're considering whoever you're considering because it's been a, a tough you know 7 years uh here and to me it it's we get into the eye test talk here in about a week with the college football playoff. It's a thousand percent to me about the eye test. Uh, with Nebraska, the eye test shows you that kids are getting coached up. They're playing hard. They, they may be playing above their skis, but they're competitive. And it's and it's beyond the moral victory discussion point as well. You're winning some games or you're winning the games you're air quotes supposed to win. And I think Mickey's had them do that. I mean, they weren't favored against Purdue. You're not favored tomorrow. Uh, and, and along the way, you're probably not going to be favored again. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. Nebraska gets a couple, three more victories. Best case scenario, gets three or four more victories. But don't you think Nebraska is playing better, playing yes, with I'm, more passion, I'm, more purpose, and uh, and the malaise that had been had they're come playing the, more confident. The, but the malaise, the malaise that was coming over the program. You know, well, should we take out the 2020 season? No, oh, yeah, probably when things started to go south. But typically the last couple of years, the second half of the seasons, as we get into mid to late October and into November, there's just this, this feeling of not, <laughs> the not good feeling about Nebraska football, right? The clouds are coming over, and people aren't happy, and they're just looking at the team going, this just isn't good. Nebraska people know what is good and what's bad on a football field and surrounding it. And right now, the sun is a little brighter. I think people are excited about the game tomorrow. A lot of people will come to the game tomorrow just because they want to see Mickey come out of the tunnel with his arms raised like he did with that famous photo at the Oklahoma game. People are into Mickey. And like I said before the break, win the crowd, you win your freedom. He has won over the Nebraska crowd. People are starting to believe in him. And it looks like winning the crowd could help him win the job. And it seems to be working on the recruiting trail. Like the recruiting game or not, they're working hard. There's a lot of stories about the offers being made, the commitments that are being given, and all of that is due in part to what he has done to bring spirit, bring some passion into the program, bring some spirit and passion into being a Husker. And I think that is going to go a lot farther 
in determining who's going to get the head coaching job than whether or not they win X amount of games and potentially go to a bowl game. He has achi- he is achieving the X factor that Scott could not. Well, Bill, to, to your point, Trev's never been afraid to make the tough decisions during his time at UNO and just his history in college athletics. He hasn't been afraid to make the tough decisions. So if Mickey does get to 6-6, six and six, take Nebraska to a bowl game, but Trev thinks there's a better candidate out there, do, do you think that the fans could sway him enough to make him say, you know what, I'm going to appease the fans here and, and now, make Mickey my guy? Oh, the, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think I, I think Trev gets a sense. Trev's not a dumb guy. Trev gets a sense of what's going on with the climate of Nebraska football and what, what Mickey has done, and he's seeing him on much more of, a, of a, a closer basis 24-7 than anybody outside with all this speculation. And, again, I go back to who is Trev going to want to sit across the desk from and just to talk football and to be a football guy with and talk life with and enjoy being, you know, in a working partnership with. And, you know, people have been th- with, were throwing out the Lane Kiffin all last week. And, again, I say Lane Kiffin probably has coached maybe two games north of Tennessee in his entire life, right? But – I, I cannot see Trev sitting across the table from Lane Kiffin and enjoying that. And then I wondering, can't see him hanging out. Right. But, I, I, but, you know, him and he and Mickey, I could see them, you know, just having a good football, you know, kind of relationship guy. I just think that that is the kind of working relationship Trev is seeking. And I think that there is that, again, the intangible with Trev and Mickey that makes that a fruitful relationship. If there's somebody else out there, again, it's going to have to be somebody that is going to be on that Mickey's going to be on staff with, respects and is willing to work with, and I think when you think when you talk about that, you're really narrowing the pool down to maybe two other people. If it is not Miximus, Mickey Joseph, <laughs> <laughs> there's the new nickname. I love that. There's the title. Connor, you wanted to jump in, brother. Something I'm just curious about too, when it just comes to the whole magic number conversation, whether that's Mickey or somebody else. The common theme seems to be six wins for Mickey, which I agree with. But then what is the standard for coaches that are outside of Nebraska? You mentioned Lane Kiffin, just to throw a name out there. You say Dave Aranda, maybe Stoops from Kentucky, just whoever you want to think of. What's the standard for them wins-wise? Because quite frankly, I don't know. Like, what is that comparison looking like between, say, a 6-6 six and six Mickey Joseph team and say a nine-win, for a, for the sake of the argument, a nine-win Dave Aranda team this year. I don't know. To me, the, the, if, if you're playing up to your potential, if you're recruiting up to your potential, and you're developing up to your potential, you know, Brad, what, what's another concern tomorrow, fellas? What, linebackers? Big-time concern? Front as seven. Is Nebraska, right, the front seven. As thin as Nebraska is at linebacker, what's another concern, Elijah? It's offensive line, right? You're going with some guys that have been highly recruited, but there's no one really behind them uh, aside from Hunter Anthony, right? I mean, that, that's really been it to, uh, to go to the bullpen. You've got to go find uh, whoever it is, somebody that, that gets the development phase of this. That way you're not up a crick without a paddle, when you run into injuries, because you will in the Big Ten. you got to get somebody that's going to get and and develop 15 to 20 walk-ons that can, can be an eraser if you miss on a guy, okay? And, and that that hasn't been going on. And you got to practice uh, to be physical in the Big Ten, and, and Mickey's got them doing that. So those are all points that are going to help you get to that, that magic number, Connor. It's going to help. You do all those things, it translates – 
or it should anyway, to no worse than in a down year, and you're going to have him in today's day of college football unless you're Alabama or Ohio State or, dare I say, Clemson. And Clemson's down year was 10-3, and three, okay? So Nebraska, that range to me moving forward, Mickey or whoever, it's got to be between 7 and 9 and then build back up to have a, a chance to be at 10 or 11. Find a way to be in that conversation for the, for the expanded playoff every four or five years. And then maybe you get hot and you stack some of them. But to me, that's that's what it is. Six and six uh, is 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 still kind of a dream based on what's. And I think it's it's hard to even say that out loud covering football as long as I have here, growing up and watching it. But six and six, you'd kill for this year. Uh, it, it'd feel like you won ten games because it's been so long since you've done anything close to that. Okay. I'm going to go. Casey Thompson said this, you know, last uh, what was the last week? And I guess again earlier this week at a press conference about how much he loves Mickey, respects Mickey and hopes that Mickey will be around. Players can say it, but players got to play it, too, on Saturday. And whatever Casey Thompson said in the press conference, I'm, I'm guessing is representative of most of the players in that locker room. They love Mickey. They respect Mickey. They'd like to see Mickey. So they've got to go out and perform on Saturday. But if you're Trav Alberts and say, okay, last week or two weeks ago against Purdue, right, wouldn't you say Nebraska's offense played well enough to win that game? Other than the offensive line, they still had a chance to win the game. They gave up a lot of yards defensively. Okay, that that happened, and they ended up losing the game. But Trev Alberts isn't going to say, well, that offensive line didn't play well, the defense didn't play well, that's on Mickey. It's not. No. So he knows it's by looking him. at, he, again, he's looking at the big picture in terms of the effort. The players are, are playing spirited. They're playing passion. They're playing a little more physical. We seem, seem to be every week. They're playing a little more confidently. All of those intangibles that are beyond 6-6, six and six, he's not going to say, boy, the offensive line is terrible. That's a real mark against Mickey Joseph. No. He's not going to look at the defensive line play and the deplete, depleted linebacker core and say, that's on Mickey. That's going to be a negative against him when it comes time to decision. Trev is looking at the big picture right and the big picture includes the way the players are playing the way the players are responding the way they're responding to mickey's leadership the way mickey's organizing his staff and recruiting and the way the fans are responding to mickey joseph right and everything seems to be coming together in that intangible in a positive way that you cannot put into a win-loss calculus and that's where i think the scales are tipping in Mickey's direction. And if Mickey's not the guy, it has to be somebody that he respects enough to stay on staff with and say, I am willing to work with this guy. That would unify Husker Nation and the players behind whomever that decision, uh, that choice is. Nebraska also has to be worried, I think, that there there are other jobs out there. For Mickey. Who else isn't looking at Mickey going, you know what, look what, they're playing better. They're playing spirited. Maybe that's the kind of spirit we need in our program. And all of a sudden, Nebraska's in danger of maybe letting him slip away when that wasn't the plan. And that makes me think now. Imagine if, if Mickey Joseph isn't the guy here this offseason. He goes off to a place like Colorado. Well, no. The, he, I'm talking about a place with the football program that people care about. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> but Bill, you're coming to Boulder well, with this next year. Well, I'm just saying a, a wild card, Arizona State. The Colorado, but the Colorado point is well taken, and, and I will and I will say, yeah, that would be might be the kind of program where they would say, well, it's the Illinois defensive coordinator, or maybe Mickey Joseph would be great for us in Boulder. 
Uh, I, don't, I think Spring Vance. I think that'd be very, very difficult. But there are going to be other jobs that either open now or will be opening in December that may say, what's Nebraska doing with Mickey? Is he not going to be around? Or can we entice him to leave that associate head coaching position at $2 million a year and bring him in as a head coach in XYZ Conference? What's your take on the U-Freeze extension? He got extended to stay at Liberty. Was that A&M? Is that Nebraska? Who's... Who do you think, let's play the speculation game, reached out to you Freeze I think, to get extended? No, you know what? I think, that's a, I think that's a Hugh Freeze personal decision. Just following that story, if you go way back to how things went down at Ole Miss, he was embarrassed. He had some personal issues, and he got an opportunity to, you know, a lifeline. I don't know you at to, all, but he doesn't strike I, me as the most loyal guy. But, but I think that at, at, at Liberty, it's pretty strict. To be, you know, to live your life at Liberty in Lynchburg, Tennessee, at that university, you've got to literally have That's a come, where Jack to, come, to from. G- come to Jesus moment, yeah. and and I think he did, and I think maybe it's a personal thing where he thought, you know what, I can have more impact on lives positively because I got a second chance to give these people. I, I do. I think maybe it's just yeah. a personal thing where he said, you know what, this is my this is my ministry now. In case Auburn calls, I'm gonna still I'm gonna stay here. <laughs> I forgot about Auburn. <laughs> Bill, Bill, quick thought. Quick thought before we got here. This segment, though, on the flip side of things, you're talking about Mickey winning the fans. But if this final stretch of these final five games don't go the way that Nebraska fans want, doesn't go the way that Mickey Joseph wants, do you think Mickey could still lose the fans here before the end of the season? I think there would have to be something embarrassing that happens, and and, you're, and maybe you've got a bunch of Oklahoma-like performances, despite the fact there was, you know, there were high spirits for that Oklahoma game, and it was bad. And at the time, Oklahoma was playing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you have a string of those, that may sour quite a bit. But based on what we've seen the last few weeks, I think things with the intangibles are t- trending in the right direction. But, yeah, if it gets ugly and it gets disoriented and just things just don't look look good, uh, yeah, that could probably be problematic. But I think if you have competitive Nebraska football teams that are in the fight and you continue to have to you know, rely on a depleted offensive line, uh, offensive and defensive lines and linebackers that are out of his control, I think people understand that. Next two weeks are going to be big for Mickey, big for Trev, obviously big for the team. But they'll set the tone how they finish. Do they limp to the finish? Do they crawl? Do they cross the finish line standing up? I mean, it's, it's going to be that big of a grind uh, with this stretch of teams. And, and we know what Nebraska is not great at is being deep and physical. Uh, and they're going to have to stack them. They're going to have to stack it. Whatever happens tomorrow, they're going to have to stack it for Minnesota. Because it's the same ball game. It's a rugby. It's a rugby match. Right. I mean, that's that's what it is. Quick email from Tim, ChrisAndHaleVarsity.com. I'm on the Mickey train big time. I'm tired of hearing he doesn't have any head coaching experience. So answer the answer me this. Since Coach Osborne, well, which coach have a which coach have, which coaches have a better winning percentage? Coaches with no prior or coaches with experience? And I mean, yeah, tos was a first-timer post of Annie, and that, that winning percentage worked out pretty well. But Dab- Dabble's Bo's, done okay as a wide receiver's coach. Bo, head coach. Bo came, went from coordinator to to uh, to head coach. His uh, winning percentage was good, as was Frank's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the, the head coach hasn't always been the right hire. We'll get but, into the big picture. We'll get into the big picture and the in-the-moment topic here in a minute. Save that thought. Hale Varsity continues from the single barrel. 
Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday here at the Single Barrel or presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, and Brady Oltman's uh, Knuckles County man is in uh, with us here. We're on the stream yard. Hale Varsity Radio Twitter is where you can watch that at HVarsity Radio. Facebook and Twitter for ESPN Lincoln. You were going to jump in. I'll let you kick this off. We can bring Brady into the discussion and also get his take on Illinois and Nebraska tomorrow. Now i got to remember what I was going to say. Oh, is that important? <laughs> is that important? Elijah's like, uh, uh, we got to go to break. Three All minutes right. is a long time. It is. It is. Uh, Brady, good to spend time with you. You got some six-man football in earlier, it looks like. You're on mute. Oh, that's on, that's I think that's my fault. There we got him. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out at some 11 man tonight, so I figured I could get, grab a six man game in the afternoon and, you know, small town. It's it's, it's Parkview Christian, so it's still in Lincoln, but it's still wet. That's wets all good. The whistle. The, speaking of wetting the whistle, can we see that real quick just for the, the camera? I will give it back. No, you uh, won't. <laughs> <laughs> He's not giving it back. Liar. <laughs> Liar. Buffalo Trace. This is the whiskey closet behind us here at the single barrel. Uh, great folks, incredible steaks, 250 whiskeys. I'm getting a picture by a, a patron that's laughing. <laughs> like, Schmidt's got a, one of those old school beer hats going, and he's just got a, got a whiskey. Bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <Just a bottle. laughs> Brady, are you a whiskey guy? Uh, yeah, yeah. I like a good whiskey, like a good bourbon. Um, most of the time, if I if I go that route, I go Jameson most of the time. But I like okay. good. You give me a good high, you know, a high shelf one, I'll I'll take a couple fingers. Of that. We are going to play the association game. What type of whiskey or bourbon is Illinois? Who? Um, I'm almost going to say the kind you wake up hurting the next day. <laughs> I'm going yeah, yeah. to say something rough. <laughs> yeah, Seagram sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Well, we're, we're talking, you know, Mickey and, and the, the moment and magnitude tomorrow here. Big statement opportunity for for Nebraska here. Let's end the streak, right, 19 in a row against ranked foes. That's crazy to say. And you look at Nebraska here and, and, and Mickey's, like, statement opportunity. Brady, where are you at here with the, the, the Mickey to get the job or stay in the conversation? A lot of us and Bill's hit on it. You know, he's won, won the crowd and, you know, as, as a chance to, to do more, right? He's got the kids playing well. But Trev's got a nuanced discussion here uh, in the moment versus big picture. And, and big picture, there's a lot of good things to like about Mickey. Big picture, there may be a, a, a more proven guy out there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Um, obviously, Mickey's got a lot of trust and built up a lot of energy and excitement, and rightfully so. I mean, to think about what he's done, 
even just even just the feelings that were different between Georgia Southern and Oklahoma. I mean, obviously the result against Oklahoma wasn't what Husker fans wanted, but it felt like a brand new energy. It felt like a cleanse, you know, amongst Husker fans. And I think gutting out a couple of tough wins against Indiana and Rutgers, winning games that they typically didn't under Scott Frost, went a long way to that. I think a lot of Husker fans can be proud of the effort and produce a fringe top 25 team and they forced that team to go for it on fourth and one at midfield because they thought if they didn't they were going to lose the game because nebraska was just going to score I, I think that's that's impressive to me but i also think from trev albert's standpoint it's a national search this is a national job you'd be doing a disservice to the program and a lot of people if you didn't do everything in like combing through every you know crevice of the country for the best football coach and if mickey joseph ends up being the guy for it i think a lot of husker fans can can be pretty happy about that brady oltman's is with us here on hail varsity radio and brady i think the problem for trev is that you're not going to get a full body of work out of mickey joseph from this season no matter what happens in the final five games of the season it's still not his roster it's still got its holes, and that's of no fault of his own. And you look around, you compare that to guys like Aranda, guys like Rule, guys like Campbell. All these guys have had the chance to go build their own program and show what they have. And Mickey's not going to get that chance. I think that's what makes things so difficult for Trev here over the next month is you're not going to know what Mickey can do building a program. It it's all comes down to almost intuition and seeing what he does in these, these final five games to, to make you think, you know, I think this guy is the right guy that can flip the program around. But he he's not going to know. Yeah, I think it's, it's a lot like putting a puzzle together because uh, Mickey's been a coach for 30-some years now. He's been a head coach at the, at the high school level. He's been a head coach at NAIA level. He's been different levels of coach throughout all phases of football. Um, so you kind of piece that together. You see the relationships he's built, the trust he's built with a lot of people, and then you see the trust that he's built with the kids. I mean, like you said, this isn't his team. These aren't his guys, but he's gotten this team to believe in him, to kind of echo a lot of his sentiments and verbiage during the weeks, uh, one game at a time. And just like the little bits about like, um, I remember asking Garrett Nelson, for instance, can you rise to the occasion, top 25 team up, you want to play up to that level? And he said, nobody rises to the occasion, you fall back on your training. That's exactly something Mickey Joseph said, you know, earlier this season. So I I, I think like you're right, it's, it's, it's a little bit, it's not a full body of work, but it's, it's pieces that come together. Brady Oltman is with us on Hill Varsity Radio, and I want to jump forward to more so of a preview for Illinois this week. We saw against Purdue, the offense held the ball for less than 18 minutes, and I know you were there in the building, and so was I, and it felt like every time you blinked, Purdue with the ball back. So how do you balance that? Because you can't really knock that you know stat because it was working. So how do you balance that this Saturday and give your defense a little bit of a rest? It's really tough because you you do want to be able to buy half sustained drives, but Nebraska's just been successful with the two minute drives that you know are six plays and you know go for a thirty yard touchdown pass or something. Um, I think that that's also something that they can find a weakness in the Illinois defense um, that's going to be you know clipping them off the top. They're not going to be able. They want to run and establish a run. I, I think they might be able to get some yards and get some first downs that way, but I don't know if they can find sustained success that way. If they do, uh, you know, tip the ball cap to Nebraska because they'd have a great game plan against that front five. But it's I, – I agree that I think that they're going to need to build or to milk some of that clock off more. But 
They're on, on, Illinois is going to eat in yards. They're going to want to run the ball and milk minutes off the clock. Uh, if Nebraska's defense can just make stops or make field goals out of touchdowns, then I think whatever Nebraska's offense does, that's going to spark something on the defense and build up some confidence. You know, Nebraska is averaging more points per game than Illinois is. Uh, Nebraska is averaging, what, 29, 30 points per game offensively, and Illinois, 26. So Nebraska is able to put some numbers. If they put too much attention on uh, Trey Palmer, which teams are probably going to do from here on out, I, you know, I think Marcus Washington has the capability of being a one receiver. He just happens to be playing, you know, side by side with arguably the best receiver in the country, which is amazing to say about Nebraska football. Nebraska's never had an All-America receiver. The closest has been, I think, Irving Fryer. Not Chuck Melito, not Frosty Anderson. Good work on the Frosty not, Anderson poll. You know, not Brendan Holbein and David Sizes. Uh, Trey Palmer ought to be a first-team All-American at receiver. But if Illinois pays too much attention to him, you've got Washington. Uh, Vokalek. You, you've got Vokalek at tight end. Elante Brown. Brown. You know, Nebraska does have some some weapons at the receiver positions. Borkercher's got to come through. And maybe you work the, the back out of the backfield and throw the ball uh, to Anthony Grant and let him to get out in space and try to, and instead of trying to get through little creases that are being provided by that offensive line. So they've had two weeks to work on some things, and it doesn't just have to be Thompson to Palmer like it was against Purdue. Totally yeah. agree with that. Uh, you know, and, and Brady... Uh, does Nebraska have a, a plan B, I guess is my question, uh, if, if uh, there's three guys surrounding Trey Palmer? Um, yes and no. I, I went back and I looked at some of the pit uh, games from last year in Mark Whipple's offense. They had a standout receiver in Jordan Addison, and teams would obviously kind of key in on him. You'd want to bracket him. Um, Mark Whipple kind of talked a little bit about this week. They'll do similar things with Trey. They'll move him inside and outside, get him to line up in different spots. They'll want to, you know, do like they did against Purdue, do a little reverse or something to get him the ball. Um, but he's going to get more attention, which, uh, like, like you said, is going to bring potential more openings for Washington, Volkolek, uh, Brown, and even AG in the backfield. And that's something Mark Whipple talked about. They need to be able to find the single coverage and get to it. Um, in the bye week, I watch more La Liga soccer um, than I typically get to on most Saturdays. And um, Real Madrid, the way that they play, there's a word for it um, called pegada, which is um, directly translated to a kick, right? But in this instance, it's basically just a one-word verbiage for um, the ability to take a lot of sh to, to score without taking many shots, to take advantage of a little bit, to be opportunistic. That's exactly what the Nebraska offense is going to, to need to do because, uh, you, like Bill Bush said, you're not going to be able to stop Chase Brown and the Illinois offense. You can just contain him. So know that if Nebraska gets the ball back, they're going to have to make those each possession count because they're going to be limited on Saturday. Brady, I love the soccer reference. We're, we're on the same page there. It might have gone over okay, Shooty's head, but yeah, I love we're, that. We're not. But, yeah, uh, I say Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, Trey Palmer has the opportunity. If he is defended as most people are expecting him to be defended tomorrow, he has the opportunity to go from a probable second-round pick to a high first to early first-round draft pick. If he has a big day against that defense on national television where everybody knows he's the guy, he has a, t a chance tomorrow to make a lot 
a lot of money for himself in a year. That's how big that game can be for him. Brady, a couple of thoughts here. We've got about uh, 60 seconds, my friend. Uh, how does Nebraska get it done, assuming they do? Um, stout, opportunistic on defense, create some turnovers. They're going to have to contain Chase Brown and be strong and What's make, make plays. What's the oh. number? 39 carries for 127 yards, like contain Chase Brown? Yeah, keep him to, if you keep him to 20 or so carries, seven, 117, I think that that's a good start. And then on offense, um, just find openings, work, work openings. You're not going to be able to do a whole lot just butting up against that front seven or front five. So you're going to have to spread them out and then hopefully, you know, a couple long shots to keep them honest. Brady, over under five and a half rushing attempts for Casey Thompson. Ooh, that's another thing. It should be it should be over, but I don't know if they're going to go over on that. They need a little variety. Is that they, runs yeah. or runs for his life? No, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by the over on that thing. He runs for his life is way over five. It might be over five in the first two possessions. <laughs> Brady Altman's with us at Brady Altman's Ryder with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Enjoy your football tonight, Brady, and uh, we will check in with you tomorrow in the press box tomorrow, bud. Appreciate it. We'll see you guys. There he is. All right, Brady Altman's with us. Friday forecast on the way. Clausburn next. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hail Varsity Radio. Well, we got to see our friend Brennan. He's uh, all the way in from Spearfish, South Dakota. I love Spearfish, man. It was so much fun. And he came bearing gifts. He did. We got a great looking hat. Look at here. that. The people listening on the radio probably can't hear that. Uh, yeah, well, you got to stream and watch us. Uh, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Facebook Live at ESPN Lincoln's Facebook. And then the ESPN Lincoln Facebook Twitter feed. Bill Dolman's here, Elijah Herbal. Connor Clark is uh, in studio. We welcome in. He's imaginary. He wears red. Clausburn with us on Hail Varsity. Claus, how we doing? I'm doing pretty good. Certainly missed uh, certainly missed the segment last week. Not so much because I missed talking to you, but because Nance did not appreciate my take on the Penn State-Minnesota game as much as I think you guys would have. She's not as <laughs> tickled by rhythmic slapping. So, oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, we snuck it in uh, somehow. I can't. Well... Uh, let's One uh, way to put it. Yeah. How do you follow that up? Wow. <laughs> With Penn State, Ohio State. <laughs> Perfect. As we get rolling here on the forecast, Ohio State at Penn State, it's a day game. It's big noon. It's not night game. It's not wide out. This really turned things around for James Franklin in year three. Ohio State's supposed to just maul. Penn State needs this. Minus 15 and a half. 
You know what? It's going to be a closer ball game, but Ohio State wins. Penn State will cover 35-21. Just barely a cover for the Nittany Lions, but give me Ohio State. They stay undefeated. Elijah. Ohio State's one of the best teams in the country. I can't bet against them. I think they roll against Penn State. Penn State, good team, not a great team. Ohio State is not a great team. They are an elite team. So I will take Ohio State 42 and Penn State 17. The Buckeyes roll. Connor Clark. Uh, I agree. I think the Ohio State Buckeyes are one of the better teams, if not the best team in the country. I will take them 38-21 on the road. Bill Dolman, pride of Fairbury. I think we're in the uh, midst of the typical Penn State uh, season swoon when they start off as a potential top 10 team and everybody's excited about them. Then they go through September, they lose the game they shouldn't, and they continue to falter as October goes on, and they end up at 8-4 uh, and four or 7-5, and five, and I think we're in the middle of that, and Ohio State wins at 42-21. All right, the win and cover. Claus, what happens here, Ohio State or Penn State? Uh, this game, I believe, is in Happy Valley, correct? It is. Well, usually that's a pretty intimidating place to play, and I, but I don't think it necessarily will be this week. I think the fans might feel like they've got a kindred spirit in Ryan Day. I read an article where Ryan Day put off his responsibilities to ESPN and got fined for it. Uh, because he went on a recruiting visit. And if there's anybody who can appreciate shirking your responsibilities and getting fined for it, it's the people <laughs> of Penn State. So I'll take Ohio State in this one, 35 and Penn State 17. <laughs> Never know what you're going to get. That's so good. That is so good. You never know what you're going to get unless we're talking about Penn State. Then you might have a pretty good idea of what we're going to get. All right. Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Cowboys uh, are dogged here. The Fighting Adrians, uh, minus one and a half. It was going so well, and then it wasn't at TCU. I like Oklahoma State here to go win on the road. Uh, just too much offense, and they'll get enough defense I think K-State's uh, you know, a good football team, but they're destined to be 8-4, eight 8-5. And eight and this is part of that run, similar to the Penn State swoon. Uh, give me the Cowboys 27 to uh, 21, uh, an outright win. Elijah? Yeah, one thing that's affected here on this line is the fact that Adrian Martinez is a game-time decision. We've seen four years of Adrian. That dude's a gamer. He is going to play on Saturday, and for that reason, I'm going to take Kansas State to win this football game uh, in a tight one. Give me Kansas State 31, uh, Oklahoma State 28. They win and cover the the Wildcats do. Connor, what do you say here, uh, K-State or Oklahoma State? I think Elijah brings up a pretty good point with Adrian Martinez and probably playing on Saturday, but I don't know. I still think Oklahoma State is still a pretty damn good team, so I'll take them by 10-31-21. Okay. Bill Dolman. I, too, have seen many a game in which Adrian Martinez was a gamer game-time decision, but have seen what happened when he ended up playing as a game-time decision. Therefore, since Oklahoma State scores 42 points in every single game that it plays, wins or loses, 42-21. I'm just going to say 42-21 every game that we have on the docket today. All right. Claus, uh, you like the Cowboys or the Wildcats? Well, I'm going to talk about the other team's quarterback in Spencer Sanders because I think the young man may be enchanted. He is the only quarterback that TCU has not killed in the last several weeks. I believe uh, I believe Sonny Dykes has some sort of OJ-like vendetta against quarterbacks in the Big 12, but not Spencer Sanders. So, I think he'll use that magic. If K-State Adrian Martinez shows up, great. 
If not, his backup seems to be uh, Nebraska, Adrian Martinez. So Cowboys 35 and Wildcats 24. We'll head to the SEC, the land of orange and Rocky Top, Tennessee. Love the song. Love the fact that I didn't have to hear it too often in the 98 Orange Bowl. Kentucky and the Fighting Stoopses are on the road. 11 and a half. Kentucky's a good ball club, but, man, Tennessee's just different in a good way this year. Kentucky covers. Tennessee wins. Uh, barely uh, a, a cover. 31 to 20. Give me Rocky Top Tennessee. The hook gets Kentucky the cover. I got Tennessee in this one, but I got Tennessee winning this one in a tight game. Kentucky's a damn good football team. I think they're finally going to be the first team this year that can at least slow down Tennessee. Uh, if they can do that, they're going to give themselves a chance. And I'm not sure if I believe in the, the alternate jersey mystique, but Kentucky's, or excuse me, Tennessee's in the All Blacks. Something tells me that's a bad omen. I'm going to take uh, Kentucky to cover this one. Give me 38-35. Tennessee wins this one tight. Connor. Well, it's only a bad omen if they're wearing black in Memorial Stadium. So I'm going to go Tennessee, <laughs> and they will cover this week. And I'm very high on the Vols this year. I think we may see a Vols playoff. So I'll take Rocky Top, and uh, I'll take the, the cover and the win. Number? Let's go 35-21. Okay. Bill Dolman. Are we talking Colorado? No. Oh. Connor said very high. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Better watch the board a little more closely. Uh, I'm not a big fan of alternate uniforms, as everybody should know by now, especially if they're purple and you are the scarlet and cream. Uh, that said, uh, I do believe in Tennessee, and uh, like every other game that I'm picking today, 42-21. Claus, uh, what, what do you say here, Wildcats or the other Wildcats or, or Vols? You know, there's been a few people that have suggested maybe Nebraska ought to go after Mark Stoops from Kentucky. I think he's probably relatively comfortable there. You know, he comes from a football family. The Stoops, there's lots of football families out there. The Stoops, uh, the, the Polinis, the Bowdens, the Josephs. Really, it kind of sometimes seems like there's only four or five last names in coaching, which, much like the state of Kentucky, only four or five last names. So <laughs> I think he's probably feeling pretty good there in Lexington. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to feel too good in Neyland Stadium. I'll take Tennessee 38 <laughs> and Kentucky 21. Wow. <laughs> Claus uh, is with us here. The Friday forecast. We're at the single barrel inside the graduate. Pre-game tomorrow, 1130 to 1.30. We're winding down Nebraska-Illinois predictions Coming up, Hail Varsity continues. We are presented by Currency. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. What final time here from the single barrel? It's Hail Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and uh, the pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman. We resume the forecast. Uh, Clausburn with us. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Couldn't make it down tonight. Uh, get yourself a steak and a whiskey tomorrow ahead in Nebraska, Illinois. We're here 1130 to 130. 
And then Real Red uh, reaction gets going immediately following Nebraska-Illinois. Claus, you still with us? Thanks for hanging tough. Well, for the time being, anyhow. All right, let's uh, dive in. Nebraska-Illinois, uh, Illinois favored by seven and a half. Uh, Nebraska is going to keep this close in the first half. Too much Illinois, too much ground game, too much defense. 31-17, Illini win and cover. Elijah. Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this one all week long. I do think Nebraska hangs tough in this football game, but I think there's going to be some sort of big momentum-changing play in the fourth quarter that's going to that's gonna swing this in the favor of the Illini, whether it be an interception or a strip sack. I think their defense makes a play, sets up the Illinois offense with a short field, and they put this game away. Give me Illinois 38 and Nebraska 31. All right, that's that's uh, Feather in Nebraska's cap, 31 points. Connor? Yeah, I've also been going back and forth with this game all week, cover or not. Earlier this week I said Nebraska covers. I'm not so sure about that anymore. I'm going to go Illinois 34, Nebraska 21. I was hoping he had uh, sunglasses and a sport coat, a little risky business tribute, Bill, Bill Dolman, uh, Illinois. Uh, what do you say here, Nebraska or Illinois tomorrow? Uh, Blake Hayes isn't back for Illinois, right? Is he still around, Blake Hayes? I, I don't think so. Not Well, that's going to be the difference in the game. If they don't have that, <laughs> if Illinois does not but have Tony that. Tony Eason didn't want any. If, if Blake Hayes is not back to punt for Illinois like, like he has the last two years, uh, that punter, Cost oh, Nebraska oh, the when he ran punt. for 48 yards and picked up a 14 on a third down and seven <laughs> nice. here two years ago, and then forced Nebraska into a safety on a punt return last year. No, if no. they don't have that guy back, I don't know how they overcome uh, that. So I look for Nebraska. I think that's a big difference. Nebraska 42-21 easily. Wow. If Blake Hayes isn't there, he's not. He's graduated. Okay, that's that's all Nebraska. I don't know. Bill I don't know how they get 21. Dolman, Claus, what happens? I want to let Bill know, and I don't know if you heard me, Red Grange will also not be playing, so you might want to scale back <laughs> Illinois' point total a little bit. Hey, you're right, yeah. But I do, I, I agree with Bill. I think Nebraska's got an edge in this one. I think even though Illinois has a pretty tough running game, as I understand from my insider information, they're going to be a little worn out this week heading into the game. I'm told that the players were so inspired by the get-out-the-vote ads during the Sunday NFL games that they decided they wanted to do their part. And so every day after practice this week, they've been heading out to the cemeteries around Champaign-Urbana <laughs> and getting a voter registration drive going in Illinois. So that'll take a lot out of you. I think Nebraska wins this one 28 and Illinois 27. Huskers by one, says Klotzberg, the voter registration guy. <laughs> uh, Claus, you behave yourself. We'll talk next week. Okay. There he goes. Claus, we love you. Football tonight over on KFOR. Talk to you tomorrow at 1130 with Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.